Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian, and today I am very excited to announce that my guest on the conversation part of Ian Hates Music is Lauren from the band Red Handed Denial. Now, you've heard Lauren's name come up a couple times, not only because of the promotion, obviously, for this episode, but also if you listen to the conversation I had with Cole Rowland, I mentioned Lauren there as well, and so does he, because they have both collaborated on a bunch of remixes slash covers. So not only does she do excellent remixes and covers with Cole Rowland as well as by herself, but she also is in an amazing band called Red Handed Denial, and they just recently had a brand new EP come out called Wanderer. It's a concept album, and I talk about this in the conversation I have with Lauren, but it is so damn good. I hope everyone out there, I know I've been talking about it for a long time on the show, even before knowing that Lauren was going to be on here, and I hope you took the opportunity to go ahead and listen. If you haven't, you're going to hear one before the conversation. The name of that song is Collector, and then you're going to hear one right after the conversation when we finish up the first part of this episode and I will talk about that later but that song will be Manipulator first of all that's their single for Wanderer and they have a music video for that I will have links to many many different places so that you can go ahead and find everything possible there is for Lauren and Red Handed Denial because you really should they are a very very good band Lauren is an amazing vocalist she does the cleans and the uncleans and we go into all that in the conversation but I just want to set everything up so I don't want to make this a super long intro <laughs> not like the one with uh with Sean from Alisana and Revival Recordings I know everyone wants to get to the conversation so enjoy and I will talk to you right after but first here's Collector Was my bird. 
thank you, Lauren, for uh, for joining me here on Ian Hates Music. Uh, how's your day going? Good. How's yours going? It's been stressful. <laughs> it's been stressful, but I heard you had some uh, trouble with some traffic today as well. Yeah. Dinner friends ran late and, um, you know, stuff happens on the road, but here I am. Happy to be here. No, and I'm very happy to have you. I think uh, a little bit of backstory for how I found out about you, I guess, is a good way to start. So a while, while back, I was listening to Cole Rowland stuff, and that's how I first came across you yourself. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? Yes, Cole is um, he's just killing it on YouTube. He's doing such an amazing job with his videos, and he's really opened sort of a gateway for me for his fans on his channel. So it's been amazing feedback so far. So I'm not surprised. I, I, I'm not surprised either. That makes total sense because the remixes that you've done with him are really amazing. Thank you. He's, he's a spectacular producer. He's a spectacular engineer. And the stuff that he's been able to sort of recreate um, has been absolutely amazing. So I'm, it's been a pleasure working with him. And we have more stuff in the works for the late summer. So... I'm excited about that. No, that's great to hear. I actually just recently talked to Cole, and he had nothing but great things to say about you. So I'm really glad you guys are continuing on and doing some more work together. Yeah. Plus, it's nice that he he's a fellow Canadian. He lives relatively close. I mean, we were we were able to do the CBC thing together in yep. in person. It was amazing to kind of just be there beside him for once instead of right. like doing the internet thing. So. That was an amazing experience with him. So I'm very happy to be working with him. That was probably one of the most interesting things that we talked about is how he arranges and puts together and actually schedules everything with you because that's got to be really difficult. It is difficult because he'll, he probably won't tell you, but I'm very slow at <laughs> getting my, my vocal stems to him. I, I don't know what it is, but I think it might be just me being self-critical of myself, but it takes me so long and he's always on my ass to like <laughs> tell me, he's kicking my ass constantly like, Lauren, get this done, get this done. And I'm like, I'm trying, but um, he keeps me, he keeps me on my toes for sure. Very nice. But yeah, I guess that leads, that leads to what it's like for you in your, in your actual band, Red Handed Denial, because mm -hmm. not only are you extremely talented, but you've actually, you found another group of not only do you have Cole Rowland, who's extremely talented, but you also, your whole entire band is really talented. So how did it all come about that you found these people and, and were able to make the band? Um, we've actually been a band for a long time. We, they, I mean, a lot of the members now, they weren't in the band when it formed. Okay. So the band formed in 2007, believe it or not. Right. But I don't, I don't think we were really kind of taking it seriously until our full length came out and even so like that period of time within the band it was it was pretty turbulent because we had members coming and going but I was in university at the time and I actually found the um they, they had placed an ad on MySpace looking for a vocalist because their old vocalist had left so I said what the hell I really want to try vocals because I actually wasn't really a singer at that time. Oh, wow. So okay. I, RHD was really the first time I really took a stab at vocals in general. And that was like just when I started screaming as well. So the only 
uh, original member is Chris Mifsud. He's the guitarist, right. one of them. And it's just kind of built from there. Like we've grown together and we've finally found a group of people who work because obviously a band is like a family. It's like a, a relationship. So we finally found that, that spark. And then um, Wanderer EP happened and it's like our favorite thing that we've ever really put out so far. And it is really, really good. I've I've been talking about Thank it on the you. show. Yes, it is. It is very, very good. So let me let me backtrack just a little bit before because we're definitely going to be talking about the EP a lot. But so if you weren't doing any singing or any screaming uh, initially when you first uh, joined the band, what were you doing before? Did you uh, did you play any instruments? Like what got you into music in the first place? Yeah, um, when I was really young, so I was I was like three years old. Like my my parents just noticed that I I just gravitated towards percussion. I would bang stuff, like I would <laughs> bang pots and pans. I would always like wanna go and to music stores and just look at guitars. So I was very interested at a very young age. So when I was like three years old, my dad put me in just like kid lessons at Royal Conservatory. Okay. And eventually I started playing piano. So piano was kind of my first instrument. So I learned kind of all the basics, theory and all that. And then I moved to guitar when I was like 14. And I, I kind of self-taught myself. But okay. it kind of just all all grew from there. And it spiraled out of control and (laughs) now it's an obsession of mine so absolutely I guess that's such a it's not a surprise that you started with piano and went to guitar Mm -hmm. or anything but what made you take that step to to be a vocalist especially to do both clean and unclean like you do because a lot of people find that to be one of the most difficult things especially moving from an instrument because Mm -hmm. they kind of don't want to be the front of the band so what kind of latched on to you that that's what you wanted to do I think it was more the influences of the bands I was listening to at the time. Cause I, I kind of, I mean, I never intended on singing, but I, I was kind of influenced by when I was listening to early under oath, um, Alexis on fire. Oh, great. Just those influences really stuck with me for some reason. And then I, I just started singing along to the songs I loved. And then <laughs> I said, Oh, maybe I can carry a tune so I just started singing more and more, and then I I really really grew to like it. So I again RHD was kind of my first serious singing gig. I never sang before that, and right. I learned how to sing with them, which is I'm I'm super proud of it because I don't think many people can say like they didn't sing before they joined a band. Yeah, I. I think you should be super proud of that because I think that's really <laughs> unique. I think, yeah, in most cases, you kind of build your chops from trying yourself and possibly doing mm-hmm. choir or something in school. And then you kind of have a few bands that you work through being singer and then you find your one that kind of works. But wow, to do that on the first one, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's funny because at the time when I auditioned for Red Handed Denial, everyone, I think it was around the time fortress came out by mm-hmm. protest the hero and one of the tr- the songs that i auditioned to was actually blood meat oh okay. so the uh, the drummer at the time steven he's like hey guys do you, do you want to just jam blood meat and i was like yeah i know that song and then we jammed it and it it just it kind of clicked 
Wow. And I was like, I was like, I love singing. Might as well just <laughs> go with it. Was that uh, was that a really, really challenging time? Like, was that the most scared you've ever been walking into that kind of audition area and doing that? Um, yes and no. I mean, no one ever intends to just bust out and protest the hero. Yeah. But um, it was it was just honestly just really chill. Like we it was like I knew them for forever and it just clicked. Oh, that's great. Let me ask you this. So you've, you've mentioned Protest the Hero. Uh, you mentioned Under Oath and Alexis on Fire. Were mm-hmm. there any bands that you looked to that also where their vocalist does the many of the ones that you just that you just talked about? They've got the clean vocalist and the mm-hmm. unclean vocalist. Was there anyone that you looked up to where they did both? Because I think of someone like Shane from Silverstein, like Ronnie Radke from, you know, Escape the Fate and, and mm-hmm. Falling in Reverse, something like that. Was there anyone you kind of looked up to who did both at that time as well? Um. Bert from the used 100% he was and also um my chemical romance around that time like I was just always listening to that kind of stuff and it was just so badass I was like I want to do that so I think I think the first song I really took a took a stab at was I think it's called sound effects and overdramatics yeah yeah it's it's from in love and death I just I remember that song for some reason I just I, like, I just yeah. saw them do it live recently. Oh no way. Yeah, they I did think that. They're doing, are they doing the back to back in Love and Death and they're self titled? That's exactly what I went to. Yep. Yeah. I think they're coming to Toronto. I definitely want to go at yeah. least one night. <laughs> you should definitely go. I will warn you though, and I talked about this on the show because I did a whole concert review for it. Uh Bert doesn't scream anymore. No, I know that. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I know he went through a lot of issues with his voice right which is understandable like it does happen to some people but i mean i'd still go see it because nostalgia right yes exactly 2016 is the year of nostalgia absolutely it's the year of 10th anniversary tours and just nostalgia albums that we all love no i totally agree did you get a chance to see under oath when they came around not for i don't think they came to toronto for that tour Right. I I think I remember them talking about something. There was some issue. They either had to do a really, really small venue that they didn't want to do, Mm -hmm. I think, or they had to skip it. It was something like that. I remember being really pissed that I was like, I need them to come to Toronto because I actually have never seen them with Aaron. Oh, really? Okay. Every time I saw them, for some reason, Aaron wasn't playing and then he left the band and I was so sad because I never saw them with Aaron. So Right. hopefully they'll do something else i mean that would that would be the hope at least because i also miss them on this one i've seen them live a few times before but i miss them Mm -hmm. on this return tour unfortunately yeah me too there's just too much stuff going on sometimes i know it sucks too much good good shows to go to no very very true now tell me uh while we're on the the concerts and everything can you think of since it seems like you go to a lot of shows as well can you think does there's something that stands out to you as one of your all-time favorite shows Oh my gosh. I think, okay, so this is a long time ago. <laughs> when Panic at the Disco put out A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, sure. I think I was, I think I was like 16 and it was my first like general admission show. Right. So for some reason, that's always resonated with me because obviously that album is, is timeless. Like I still listen to it. Right, and there was just something about that show that was just so special. I think they were playing with the Academy Is, and oh, 
it was like I don't know what it is, but that show I just always remember it as being like the first sort of general admission show that I went to. No, that makes like, that makes total sense. Everyone remembers that show, like you know, you're like you're in the mosh pit, you feel cool, and you know, <laughs> it's just a, a glimpse into. It like kind of opens the floodgates, right? No, very true. Is that what you used to like when you used to go to shows? Was it always being in the pit? Did you ever? Did you ever go ahead? I, I those are past my days now. I'm six. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm six <laughs> five, so I also don't like to block people's view, so I kind of oh, yeah. stay in the back. I know. I always get mad at the tall people in front of me. I'm like, I can't see. Exactly. But, exactly. but um, yeah. I, I when I was younger, I would always kind of be in the thick of it. I I just was always there. I loved kind of pushing to the front. But now I kind of chill, I hang back, enjoy the show. Right, but. especially, yeah. I guess for you now being on stage, what is it like? What's your favorite part of being on tour yourself then? When you're looking out there, are you spotting people that you're like, oh, that used to be me? No, I think it's more just just looking at the enjoyment, like just people's faces, at how they're kind of connecting to the show right if they're singing along if they're kind of watching if they're just jamming out like i just i love watching people's faces as we perform oh that's great uh, how is how's that transition from doing the clean and unclean vocals from doing that in the recording studio to doing that live um i think especially with wanderer that that was a very challenging album to kind of take from the studio to live okay because especially collector like that song is just a monster i can't i think when i wrote it i was like what am i doing like i'm gonna just absolutely die when i do this live (laughs) but i think it's just more practicing it learning how to breathe through it and just kind of pushing through it because obviously when you do back-to-back shows you're gonna feel it and you just have to find that place where you just push through it and just keep going. Because the moment you kind of get it in your head that you're not performing up to how you want, that's when you kind of lose it. So you just have to keep going. Oh, that makes sense. Do you do anything special to keep your voice going? Like, is there any kind of remedy if you think you're coming down with something? Is there any way, do you do vocal exercises or anything? Oh, the regime. You have to have a a routine like before a show. Otherwise, you're going to... You're not going to really keep your stamina, but um, tons of water, obviously. Um, if I'm kind of feeling sick and and congested, because I have really bad allergies, so that really affects things. Oh, okay. But I try to drink just sometimes I have this tea that I drink called, probably a lot of singers have this, but it's called throat coat. Oh, sure. Yeah, and it really kind of moisturizes the throat, helps me kind of stay loose. But um just tons of water. I have kind of a, a warm-up that I do prior. Okay. And then and then just getting those vocal cords warmed up, sing a couple songs, and then know it. Because you just have to know your body. Everyone's different. Very and, true. But making sure that you, like, I'm warmed up before I, I sing. Otherwise, it's going to be painful after the set. Not painful, but just, you know, when you have a really hard workout at the gym and then you kind of strain your muscles. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing that with your vocal cords. Exactly, cuz it's a muscle. So you got to got to work it out, you got to stretch it and then have a cool down. Yeah. Same that idea. Makes total sense. How how did you deal with the vocals then for like a song like Collector when you're in the studio 
uh, making that EP, how did that go? Like, did you do that in multiple sessions? Like, how long did it actually take to go through all the vocals for that and then to track the instruments as well? Um, okay, so Collector is a little different because we did that as a single first. Oh, sure, sure. So we did, um, we kind of did that song as sort of separate from the rest of the EP, but um, we did all the instruments first. Well, all in all, I think the tracking took about a week, okay. like front to back with all the instruments. But um, it took, I, that was like the hardest and longest vocal session I had because I did it in one day. Oh, okay. So it was, it was, I think it was like seven hours. Wow. Because I didn't want it to be very, like I, I didn't want to cut cut corners on it. Like I really wanted to get the best vocal takes that I could. Right. And um, Mike Evola, who was our engineer for that song mm-hmm. and the EP, he really, really pushed me. Like it was, it was a grueling session. It sounds he, like it's seven hours. I mean, he was like, well, obviously we had breaks, but well, he, right, right. he was like, you could do it better. You could do it better. And I'm so happy that he did that because he really pushed me and it came out really like more than what I expected it to be. And I'm so happy about that. Yeah, it, no, it's definitely a great song. And then also you did a music video for it as well, right? Yes. How was that? How was that experience? Okay, well, that music video, um, we shot it in a, like, auto body shop. Okay. So the performance part of it was kind of in the garage part. And then the part where, like, I'm getting molested on my face. Yeah, I was going to ask you, that was one of the next questions of, that must have been uncomfortable. It was because um, the... Lady who plays the Grim Reaper mm-hmm. in the music video, she is my really good friend from high school. Her name is Chala. Okay. And she had these awful, long, sharp, fake nails. <laughs> and she was scratching me at some point. Oh. <laughs> our director, Chris Howe, he was like, go harder. You can be more intense. And I'm like, but it's hurting. Oh, right. my God. So, like, she was pulling my hair. She was scratching my face. But it was... It was so fun. Like it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> that's that's good. At least, yeah. I I know I know my audience has definitely seen the video, and if they haven't, I'll have links to everything as well in the description. But everyone should definitely take a look at that video because that was one of the things that stood out to me for sure. Yeah, it was it was so much fun, and she was for some part she was actually laughing behind me. So we had we had to do that one a couple times. Yeah, how long did it take to shoot? Because I've only, I've been to one music video before and it took around pretty much the whole day from 6 a.m. Yeah. to midnight or so. Is that around the same time that it took for you? Yeah, it was about a 12-hour shoot. And I think we could have gone longer. I think we could have gone longer for the performance at least. But sure. it was a full day and we were, I was at least, I was dead after. Because right. the, the scenes where I'm kind of like raging in the paint booth. Right. I I hurt my knees for sure. Oh. So. <laughs> I yeah. guess that makes total sense. And you had costume changes as well. Yeah. It yeah. was so much fun. I love music videos. They're, they're like such a good part of being in a band. Definitely a, uh, one of the better parts for sure. 
Oh, that's great. How do you kind of speak over those ideas then? Like how do you how do you debate with your band members based on the song that you're that you've chosen? Because you also did a song for our video for Manipulator as well. Mm-hmm. And that's completely different from mm-hmm. Collector. How do you kind of go through those ideas? How do you guys decide on how you want to go about it? Um, well, Wander is a concept EP, so we yes. kind of had to take the lyrics into consideration. Mm-hmm. E- even though the videos are very different, they both kind of touch upon the story in the album. But um, both of them were, they were different directors for each video, but we, for Manipulator at least, we always wanted to shoot a video in the location that we did. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like a really, really grimy basement. Um underneath like a roadie restaurant oh really (laughs) Really, okay really random but we had played a show there and it was just the most it was the most disgusting thing (laughs) that we've ever experienced because if if you could see in the video like it doesn't really capture how gross it was it looks like you can fit at least from from the view i saw it looks like you can fit maybe 15 people in that area but yeah you don't really see the grime you see that this is just it's almost like it's a very close house show that you're doing yeah but just the scale of how how dirty it was how many (laughs) sort of punk rock relics were in that basement it's absolutely disgusting but it was perfect for what we wanted that's great do you ever still play uh places like that now Oh yeah, like I, I never want to ever not play intimate shows. I those are some of the best shows that that you can play because they're so tight, they're so intimate, and you have this connection with the crowd that you can't really get if you're playing a bigger venue. So right. I will never not play small venues. Oh, that's that's so great. Much fun. Yeah, I see. I have your your tour date list, and I'll have this up uh, when the when the show comes out. But you've got uh, Mustache Club coming up. You've got uh, Nighted Up, uh, Ritual Nightclub, Rock the Mill, and then you have House Party. And these are all in Canada, so I'm not as familiar with them. Mm-hmm. But is that an actual house party, or is there a place called House Party? No, it's an actual house party. So we know um, his name's. Tim and he oh, he has a house in Toronto and um he hosts big house party shows. Yeah. So um actually Bud Budweiser they had a sponsored event at his house because that's how crazy they get. Oh wow. So I met him at a show in Toronto and I was like can we hook something up? So one of our good friends in a band called Kink. Oh, she sure. was like she was like, let's do this house show and um, everyone can bring their own alcohol. So it's BYOB yep. and there's going to be like a cover at the door and it's just going to be a good time. No, that's that's awesome. I recently I know Beartooth did their whole uh, they did a whole tour of house shows. Unfortunately, they didn't come into the area of Boston or I would have gone to one of those. <laughs> and then I recently just spoke with uh, Frameworks. If you know them, Melodic Hardcore from uh, from Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a house show on their tour too. It seems like that's a big thing now uh, that people are really enjoying doing that. You know what? It, it's just a, a whole different experience because you don't have a lot of opportunities to just go crazy in a house. Sure. So w- why fucking not? Like it's great. Yep. <laughs> that's a, that is a great point. Let me backtrack a little bit and talk about Wanderer. So you mentioned that it's a concept album and I was mm-hmm. aware of that 
what did you like what made you want to do a concept because is your full length a concept album as well no stories of old is an album that it's basically a compilation of songs that we had with older members and then some that were with newer members oh, okay so it was kind of we kind of just wanted to release them and then move forward from there so it's not really a a concept album by any means but they kind of all fit within sort of the classic archetypes of the hero's journey i suppose okay but it was never intended as a concept album i see so you actually sat down with the band once you had the lineup complete and you knew this Mm -hmm. is where you were going you sat down and said I want to make a concept album or was it something that everyone had a different idea and you had to come to that? Um, It was weird how it happened. I think once um, Chris and Alexi started doing the instruments, like they do the guitars sort of as a framework and then we, we, they kind of bring it to us and then we as a band kind of work it and rework it Mm -hmm. until we get it to a place where I can start, writing melodies and lyrics okay um it was only after we had a a couple of songs that i kind of started writing towards a concept and then i i kind of brought it up at band practice and i was like what about a concept ep and they were like yeah man that, that sounds really cool so we kind of just went with it Wow. Okay. All right. So it's always very interesting how that how that kind of comes about. So you go ahead and you've got the framework of the music first and mm-hmm. then you start writing. So did you or do you normally do you run lyrics by everyone and kind of get approval or do you kind of go off for a while, do your own thing and then say this is how we're going or do people kind of edit? Um, I think once we have the framework, I I need to kind of step back and go into my own head and hash it out with myself first. Because I I have a really weird writing style and regime. I kind of just spit out free writing and then I mold it to a song. Okay. So once the ideas were were there, I brought it to them and then... um, Sometimes I need a little bit of editing, so Tyson kind of helps me if if there's a part that I'm not really feeling the rhythm of, he'll he'll help me reword it or just tweak it a little bit. So he he's mostly the one that helps me tweak my lyrics mostly. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. When you when you're kind of thinking and you're going in your own head and you're you're trying to mold that song, do you think about where you're going to do the clean vocals and when you're going to do the unclean vocals or does that come later? Um, usually after I listen to the framework of a song, I kind of just know. It, it you kind of just have to feel it out and and just discover where it would fit best. Like I never kind of go into it saying I need 50% of this to be screaming and right. Right. and 50% of it to be singing. It it's never been that kind of like intention it's just kind of grown organically in that way whatever best suits the song okay that makes yeah yeah, that makes sense uh i wanted to bring up too that on wanderer you have eric july from backwards Mm -hmm. uh guest on patronizer right yes i do now what was that like like why did you reach out to eric for that because i'm recently they've come into my radar 
as a really good band and they're a lot different from what's going Mm -hmm. on in the scene right now did you know eric was it something that it just clicked i've known eric for a while we've we've done vocal covers for for years now together a lot of them a lot of the old ones have come down from youtube because they were um they were done when we were a lot younger but i've just i've known him for a while and it was just it it had to be him yeah. on this song because he has this this um this thing about his his voice that is just so pissed off yes he does that, that i just true. like it fit that song so well because he's a very He's a very political guy. He's very active in the um, American political scene, yep. and it just it just seemed to fit with him. So he it had to be him, kind of thing. That makes sense as well. I mean, I know I've said it makes sense because what you're saying <laughs> is making sense. Uh, but I yeah, their their stuff is very political. I've seen some of his videos before where he's talking about you know random events that are going on, and mm. it's just it's funny that I had just. I didn't recognize who it was originally because I listened to Wanderer a long time back and then now I saw his band. I was like, oh, okay, I get it because I'm actually going to see if he wants to come on the show as well because you can tell he wants to talk about a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And he's so well-informed. He educates himself so well. So having him on the show is like a very awesome idea because you'll you'll have interesting discussions with him for sure that's what i figured yeah so we'll see if that works out now that was that was very very cool that song are there any other people because you're also collaborating with cole from time to time is there Mm -hmm. anyone else on the next red-handed denial record that you would want to pull in for something uh of your own um i do have some ideas um i don't know if you know the band called auras Actually, no, I don't. um, They're from Waterloo. And um, how do you spell? Is it the A-U-R or is it? Yes. So A-U-R-A-S. So they're they're a band from Waterloo. And um, Eric Almeida, who is their vocalist, he is absolutely monstrous. So I think I I really want to work with him because he's one of my favorite um, metal vocalists right now. And we actually played a show with them on Valentine's Day and watching them live, it just further um, affirmed that I need him on (laughs) RHD. Like it's going to be sick. When you, Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I also want to try bringing in Bryce Beckley from Hardest. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Because he's one of my favorite singers out there. And I, I just feel that we would mesh really well on on a record so i definitely want to reach out to him for sure now when when you reach out to these people because yeah hardest is great and i love hearing about new bands because now i get to recommend them to people on the show as well so thank (laughs) you very much for aura i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look them up but also when you do that do you kind of have a plan already for what you want them to sing or where you want them to come in do you give them lyrics or do they normally make up their own well with eric july um i had the the part that I had in mind and then I sent him the song and I kind of just let him do his thing because I I don't think I would ever want anyone to sing or do vocals on lyrics that they didn't write because then it's kind of like it didn't come from them it's not their work so I let him just run with it and I kind of just gave him the general idea of the song and then he just 
he killed it. He yeah, did he such did. a good job. No, very true. So I guess uh, we had talked about this off the air briefly, but mm-hmm. you had mentioned what are the next steps right now for red-handed denial? Uh, you had mentioned something. I just wanted to actually get that out on the air. Well, um, we just applied for our U.S. visas. Oh, very nice. So um, in the fall, we will be coming to the States. I'm very excited to say that. I can't really say where yet, but um, a tour is in the works. So it will be um, for our EP. Very nice. I don't have very many details on it right now because it's kind of in the works. But um just over time, we've had so much demand coming to the States and we've never done it. And I think it's, it's now is the best time to go because we have this, this EP that we just want to share with people. Absolutely. Yeah. So, especially with yeah. the summer. Yeah. With the summer, you know, finishing up because of course you've got warp tour and you've got people mm-hmm. taking breaks. So yeah, if there's something coming up in the fall, I, that's going to work perfectly. Yeah. You don't want to tour during festival season because it's kind of that's that's warp tour stage so (laughs) so we're we're gonna we're gonna push for the fall and when everyone's back in school a new year it's gonna be awesome i'm so excited have you actually been able to or are you going to check out warp tour this year well it's not coming to toronto so that sucks oh it's not coming (laughs) anywhere around there it is not coming to canada period wow so that that is when i when i learned about that there were many um, sad people yes. up here in Canada, but um, I will hopefully g- get down to the Darien Lake date. Oh, okay. If all goes well, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I I hope so. Is there anyone you're particularly looking forward to going to see? Because there's a ton of awesome bands on the lineup this year. Um, definitely Veil of Maya. I would oh, check sure. them out 100. I've never seen them live. Um, Garrett Garfield's band, The New Low. Oh yeah, check them out. Yep. Um, there's just so many. Like I, I don't even. I, I know it's a very like nostalgia year. Like Good Charlotte, Sum Forty One. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot. Of, there are a lot of them. That's for sure. Yeah. There's there's too many. It's Warp Tour. Like it's it's just a great time always. <laughs> yeah. No. Very true. Yeah. You have to kind of pick that mix of there's going to be the staples that you definitely want to see. And mm-hmm. then there are going to be those unknown bands that you just have to check out as you're walking around. And then also hit those bands that you've never seen before. And this might be your only chance for a while. Yeah. That's kind of the Yeah. Warp Tour is just a really good way to... It's kind of like... Um, having a sample of everything because they you play shorter sets right and then you just have a taste of everything and and then it's a really good way to discover new bands as well so very true uh there was uh there's a question i wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. oh new music you're you're working on the you've done the ep everything's all set there are you also now working on a possible full length are you going to be doing another ep soon and it's not it's not a rush obviously it's just (laughs) obviously i think a lot of people will want new music especially after they're hearing this yeah we we want new music too i mean wanderer was um a long time coming especially after our full length but we kind of are on that that drive right now like we put out this record that we're so proud of right. and we've we've actually already started writing a new release we're not sure if it's going to be an ep or a full length yet okay i think it's kind of whatever happens happens because um we have been talking within the band that we might want to 
pitch our next album or EP to a label. Oh. We're kind of unsure because we we're very we're very happy being an independent band at the moment. Like it's it's working out really well for us, but um, it, it's always at the back of your mind. Like what what could happen if we had more reach with our music? Oh, for sure. So that's that's something we have been discussing in the band, but. Um, we are writing more music at the moment. Like we've already recorded instruments for two new songs. So it it's happening for oh, sure. No, that's very exciting. That's that's really exciting. So when you're going on tour right now and, you know, coming to the US soon, are you playing mostly Wanderer then? Yes. So we like it's there's songs that we're so proud of. So it, it's kinda like we we wanna play them so badly. So Right now in our set list, like we're playing four out of the five. If you don't include the like the sixth track, which yeah. is the album track, which is kind of we we were very interested in the perception of the listeners with that track. That was a question that was upcoming. Yeah, <laughs> I know I've been all over the place, but yeah, for that title track, it seems it's not out of place in the album it's it's a question of so you've ended your concept album on a non-lyrics full instrumental piece what was the thought process behind it it does fit within the story yeah but but musically it it does you either love it or hate it i i found just from the feedback yeah like a lot of people said it was too jazzy to come at the end okay but like within the story of the ep it totally fits do you like i don't i don't i'm curious to know like your take on the actual story because i've never actually kind of told it publicly yet because i want to see like people's reactions and what they think the album is actually about see that was going to be my question that's going to be my yeah. next question i think that's a beautiful track uh that final track but- me too like chris and alexi did it all themselves and they were like yo guys like listen to this and we just absolutely fell in love with it and i said there's no way that this can't like there this has to be on the album like there's it's just too beautiful to not be so we we worked it into it we worked it in and it like in within the story it works so they did a phenomenal job on it they did and then also i believe on the on your youtube channel they -hmm. also did a walkthrough uh, of the guitar work on that too, right? Yes, yes, they did. All right, I have to shy away from your question because I'm not used to people actually asking me <laughs> questions on the show because I am so bad recently with actually following more, like following what the story behind the lyrics are. Mm-hmm. That's been my problem recently, and normally I am a huge lyrics person, and it's it's kind of damaging. I don't know what happened to me. Maybe I've been listening to too many bands where I can't actually hear what they're saying. Too much, uh, too much uh, screaming vocals. Yeah, and normally that's not. I love, I love the mixture. I'm a big fan of. Uh, you have the unclean vocalist and the clean vocalist, and you kind of do that melody mixed with the chaos. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of my, a lot of my style recently has been going back and forth between complete screaming the entire time and then the melodic as well. So I need to start tuning my ear better to get used to it. <laughs> Which is cool. Like it, it's whatever moves you, right? But well, yeah. Being, yeah. For me, I was in bands before where I was a singer, and I remember how important the lyrics were for me. So I've always been a lyrical person. 
until recently. So I'm trying to retune my brain to be back much, where I was. <laughs> too much Prague. Too much Prague. Yes, that's got to be it. Too much. I was talking to Cole and he was telling me all about EDM and all of his different uh, all of his different guitar covers of different EDM music. And I started listening to some of that. I was like, whoa, that's way too crazy for me. Yeah, he's he's crazy. Yeah, I need some kind of lyric thing. So I won't ask you then about about explaining the EP then if you still want to take time and kind of hear what fans are talking about uh, before you get into that later on. Yeah, and like I'll, I'll touch on it, but I think the EP it still needs to to get to some more ears. I think sure, like it, it still needs to kind of sit with people, let it let it spread a little more. Because I mean, it was kind of a rebranding for us. We we did kind of shift gears from stories of old to wanderer. Like it's a big. It is a big leap. I yes. mean, sto- stories was a very rock album. It was very, um, it's very jammed out album. Whereas Wander's super technical. It's more shreddy. So I think it needs to to reach more people before I I really spell out the story. And that's a, that's a good way yeah. to put it. That is yeah. that's a good way to go. Now let me ask you this then for concept albums and since you enjoy doing it so much and looking at the uh and you know having people think about what's going on in that concept album do you have any favorites favorites on the album oh sorry no i mean i'm sure you have plenty of favorites on the album actually that's a good question too let's start with that question <laughs> do you have do you have a favorite absolute track that for one you know that you're so proud of but then also mm-hmm. one that you like to play live playing live and just general favorite. It's two different ones. Exactly. So I would, I would say playing live, um, Patronizer has to be my favorite because there's just like there's this like there's this rhythm to it where the crowd just just bounces and it's so much fun to play. Nice. But I think just overall, it still has to be Collector. Okay. Because I I think it was it was kind of the first song that we did that was new. It was different. It was it was a, a step in the direction we wanted to go from sure. stories. So I, I kind of have that that emotional attachment to it. Yeah, so that's and, always gonna be yeah. one of your favorites. It's definitely my baby. Like it's it's my it's my favorite by far. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's an amazing song, so I, I completely agree. Thank you. Uh so uh, now for concept you. albums of other bands, do you have any favorites? that you kind of think of that will always hold that place for you? Um, oh, a lot like Birds. Oh, no sure. place. No place. Um, that album was just so brilliant just with the concept because it's about it's about a house. Right. And the emotions that come with a house. Mm-hmm. And it I just I love that album so much. Just from the album artwork to the lyrics to the idea. I read a track by track. Oh, did you? Uh, about an, about that album and I was like oh my gosh this is now this album's even more brilliant than I thought so right. that one's that one definitely sticks out to me um concept albums I know well, it's what, tough I didn't mean to put you on the spot no no it's okay um I think well me being a huge periphery fan like I think ah. every, everyone knows that yes I was um, gonna you are already going to questions I had so yes periphery yes okay. um obviously juggernaut was like a lovely double album like i loved it yeah. i really enjoyed it so yeah those are two that come to mind for, for sure. periphery what do you think of what do you think of spencer going and doing uh 
from first to last as well. I really enjoyed him in from first to last. It sounded like he was tapping into a different creative side of him, which was nice. Yeah, I could he, definitely see that. Yeah, like you could hear in his voice he was having so much fun with it. And it was just nice to to see him doing something different. We have a we have a running and I say we because you used to be a co-host. Uh, we have a running segment on the show. Has from first to last contacted Ian hates music yet because I had donated so much money to their Kickstarter. Oh, okay. And never ever got anything that I was supposed to get. Oh so, no! Yeah, I just. That's so sad. It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh because it it is a funny story. It's been like three years now almost. And yeah, I did the whole like get handwritten lyrics and get a video with Matt Good, like all that stuff. And barely anyone on their Kickstarter got any of the stuff. That's that's really sad. Oh, well, sorry. No, believe me. It's it's a funny story. But any time that that gets brought up, because I love from first to last. So I even, I love their new stuff too with Spencer because I also like Periphery. Uh, I thought it was a little bit, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Matt Good. So I love his voice. So it was a little different for me to get used to his. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to seeing if they do anything else because they've kind of teased it a little bit. Yeah. Did you like um, the remake of Note to Self? I did, I did. I, I like. Yeah, I also liked the remake to uh, to Ride the Wings of Pestilence mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I thought he did a very very good job on those because when he's mimicking, uh, when he's mimicking, uh, um, now I'm blanking on his his name now. Sonny Moore. Yes, when he's when he's mm-hmm. kind of mimicking but making it his own, uh, he was like in a sweet spot doing those songs. Oh, I dare I say that. I liked them much better than the oh wow original. I I don't know. There's some. I think the mix was just also much better. It was more current, and the guitars were so much more ballsy. Like yes. I just I enjoyed it so much more. Yeah, it was I, just nice. I agree. I'm not even for me. I wasn't even devastated when Sonny left the band. For me, mm-hmm. the band was Matt. So when yeah. he left, I love all their stuff. Like even the albums that they you know, barely even care about anymore. I'm still a fan of those. So yeah, for me, just to have Matt in the band and then to have a new singer was completely fun. Mm-hmm. I hope to see them with, with Spencer, hopefully. I hope they tour. That's what I was hoping too. I know when they first released Dead Trees, they did like a, a West Coast, like a couple mm-hmm. dates, but then that was it. Yeah. But I isn't isn't Spencer, isn't he working on new stuff with Periphery right now? Well, I know P3 is done. Okay. So I I couldn't imagine they're recording anything more. Right, right. So I don't know. I know he did that. He, I know they he just dropped a cover with Luke Holland. Oh, uh, what did what he do? They did um, the 1975. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it's it, you should check it out. Yes, it's so I, I am. I'm putting that on my list right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good cover. It was just, it's just a couple of days old. Like it's really new. Oh, okay. So I could I. I mean, he must be doing other things other than periphery. So, I'm I'll stay hopeful and and hope that from first to last does a tour. I guess on that on that kind of vein, right there for your own tour, uh, would you do any cover songs? You know, in your set. Okay, so because a lot of the traffic to the band's YouTube has a, has come from mine because mm-hmm. of the covers, right. Um, 
I think it would be unfair to not do any covers. Ah, I gotcha. Okay. So many of our fans from the States, and most of our fans are from the States, and surprisingly Brazil. I oh. would love to play Brazil one day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But um, I just, I don't think it would be fair if we didn't do a cover because the covers have sort of, they, they were the spark to everything, really. Sure. So I, I would, yes, we, we will be playing a cover or two okay. on the tour because it, I, I just, I personally would love to do, I would love to do it. Yeah, and, and for sure keep it a secret, but how do you guys normally decide on, first of all, I guess, what cover to do and then which ones you would choose to do on tour? Um, we're probably going to go with the, the, the biggest ones. Okay. So that's a small hint. Yeah, that can be a small hint for people. Um, it'll be one or two of the, the most well-known on either one of the channels. So oh, I'll leave great. it at that. Okay. That's, yeah. That is a good tease. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good tease. Well, Lauren, I think I I think I got most of my questions. I appreciate your time. I did want to ask you. So I kind of go off topic a little bit for music at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to see. Uh, are you a movie fan? I am. Yes. Is there anything out lately that you've been kind of excited about? See, I do the I do the Ian hates movies podcast, and I just released a new one today for uh, the Purge election year. So I was just okay. wondering, like, movies are always on my mind. So is there anything recent or coming out that you really enjoyed? Um. Well, I just saw X Men Apocalypse. Sure. It was good. I I enjoyed it. I'm a big X Men fan. Well, um, who's your favorite all-time X-Men? Oh my gosh. I know. I, I just I pulled that one out of my head. I had to do it. You know what? Like I'm going to have to just go with Wolverine. Okay. Because just of how amazing Wolverine is. Like you can't I just have this attachment to him. So mostly cuz I'm a huge Hugh Jackman fan, but we're we're not going to go into that. Okay. Love <laughs> love Hugh Jackman. But um yeah, Wolverine's totally badass. You are, I will let you know, you are the first person ever on this podcast to even bring up Hugh Jackman, so congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's, uh, he is a beautiful man. So. <laughs> that is what I hear. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I also really want to see Conjuring 2. I haven't had a chance to go see it. I that, really enjoyed the first one. So That was one Cole told me about again as well because he said The Conjuring is like his favorite all-time horror movie. He texted me the night he saw Conjuring 2. And he's like, yo, I just saw Conjuring 2. And that was it. That's the <laughs> only thing he said to me. And I was like, well, shit, it must have been good. Yeah, for him to just be like, okay, now I have to go think about this. <laughs> yeah, I can't text anymore. Yeah, I was thinking actually based on my, my interview with him with my talk, I think I might have to do a double feature now for the show because I hadn't seen Conjuring 1 or Conjuring 2. Uh, so now maybe I have to do that. You have to. It's uh, it's an experience for sure. So is there anything that you're looking forward to coming up? Does it have to be a movie? Because I'm oh. a huge Game of Thrones fan. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> so are you just waiting for the new season? Or are you waiting to watch like this last season I altogether? Be, I will be waiting for the new season okay. for a year. Like I'm, it's always that dreadful moment when the finale happens and then you have to wait a whole year right. to figure out what happens. But... I would. I'm, oh, go yeah. ahead. Are you a, are you a Game of Thrones fan? I am, and I would go into spoilers with you, but I am five episodes behind. 
oh no then we won't talk about it no believe me it's already i have terrible terrible friends where as soon as the episode is over it's all over every social media yeah they don't even wait it's just bam shame on them shame but i i mean I, I can't even bother with them. It's just one of those things where what I'll do is I'll pick a weekend out and I'll just go through the last five. But then I, I'll i go through what you're going through right now, which is knowing there's a full year to wait for the next ones. Yeah, I've just I decided to do a whole series rewatch. Oh, damn. so I'm I'm on like season five now. So I'm kind of biding my time. Wow. Being, being sad that there's no more new ones to watch. But. Where do you find the time to do all that? It, I make time. Okay, all for right. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was about to say with with covers, with collaborating, with with red handed denial, with touring. It just seems like you have no time. And now doing this, and we're coming up on like an hour here on the podcast. So I'm like, where is she finding time to do this? It, it's a it's a fun life. <laughs> that that is a great way to end this actually so i don't want to take up any more of your time but what i do want to do is thank you very much i am a huge fan i think your voice is amazing i think the band is amazing and thank you oh yeah absolutely i only have i only have people on the show that i love their music so i'm very happy to have you so in the description of you know when this goes out on all the links i will have everything for people to get in touch with you but right now, what is the best way to get in touch with you and to support you? Um, you can follow my band on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Those are our three big ones. Okay. Um, our album is on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Um, if you're a Bandcamp fan, we have our album on Bandcamp as well. Yep. Um, you can order hard copies um, and CDs on right. our Big Cartel site. So it's redhanddenial.bigcartel.com. Um, we manage everything ourselves. So we are a proud independent band. Um, we're me, myself, and the, the rest of the guys. We're super responsive on Facebook, Twitter. Like we'll always answer everybody. Absolutely. So yep. we're always on there. We'll we'll always answer back. So you can find us on either one of those. Awesome. No, that's great. And I am hoping beyond hope that when you come to the States that somewhere around Boston is on your list. Uh, I can tell you it is on our list. Yes. So All right. we will let you know when we pass by Boston. That is great because I will be there and hopefully I'll have a group of people with me. That is that is the plan because I've been looking forward to that for a while now. So that is awesome news. Uh, everyone should definitely pick up Wanderer. Uh, I'll, like I said, I'll have all the links. It's awesome. I am now going to go delve into the lyrics so that I will have an answer to your question. <laughs> awesome. And that, hopefully we can chat about that soon. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So once again, Lauren, thank you very much. Uh, this was great. I hope you have a great night. And uh, thank you again. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Not a problem. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. And now I am back Thank you very much for listening to my conversation with Lauren. I had a lot of fun. I hope you learned something. I certainly did. I'm not only excited about possibility of new music coming out soon, but also the fact that they're going to be doing their first ever U.S. tour coming up soon in the fall. 
That is awesome. Right now, you can go ahead and look on their sites. Like I said, tons of links will be in the descriptions to find everything. Lauren, everything, red-handed denial. You'll be able to find everything you're looking for in that description. But make sure you check out, especially if you're in Canada, check out to see if you have an opportunity to go see them on tour right now. But then, like I said, and like Lauren said, there's going to be their first U.S. tour in the fall. And I'm excited. Obviously, you heard that they are coming to Boston. So I will definitely be at that show. I am very much looking forward to that. The other thing that we covered, especially talking about Wanderer, is I am very much looking forward to having Lauren back on the show when she's ready to talk about the concept behind Wanderer. I'm really excited. I've been going through the lyrics and listening to that EP and just really loving it. So I'm excited for that as well. Hopefully, everyone, you enjoyed that conversation. The normal segment that I do uh, has from first to last contacted Ian Hates Music. I think that's covered. I think this is the first time that was actually brought up in a conversation. And I think the answer was obviously no, again. But I might be going to see Periphery in August, I believe, in Boston. So maybe I can get a hold of Spencer. Uh, You all know how high a regard Lauren holds Spencer, uh, and he's going to be here with Periphery, and maybe I can get a hold of him and say, hey, what's the deal with that Kickstarter? And then, of course, enjoy their music because they are good. That'll That'll be fun. And instead of doing what I normally do on the show, which would be now going into talking about news segments, talking about anything in the scene, reviews and whatnot like I normally do. It turns out that when I had talked about possibly doing a Warp Tour specific type segment episode that it actually became longer than I thought it was going to be. And this has really, I don't think, ever happened this way before. But I invited two friends of the show on uh, their names are Ty and Jackson, and I invited them originally to talk Warp Tour, and then we just continued to talk, and we did breakdown from the past, and we talked about what we're currently listening to, as well as upcoming things, and it actually ended up being much longer, like I said. So I'm going to split this episode into two parts. Obviously, when you clicked on this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, possibly the website itself, You saw part one. This is going to be the conversation part, which you just heard with Lauren. And then part two is going to be myself, Ty, and Jackson talking Warp Tour, talking music reviews, uh, breakdown from the past, just music in general. It was really great talking to these guys. It kind of reminded me of the way the show used to be, having co-hosts. So I very much enjoy that because as much as I like hearing the sound of my own voice, and hopefully you do as well since you are listening to the show, I still really like having other people's perspectives. I like hearing about other music that I might not know myself. So I do this show for everybody. And I really want that to translate to everyone. So if you go to part two, part two is going to be the Warp Tour talk with Ty and Jackson. I very much enjoyed it. Hopefully you will as well. So for right now, let me go ahead and finish up this episode and do the plugs. First, let me thank Lauren once again. It was great to have her on. I can't wait to have her back on the show. Thank you to everyone that made this possible. Jim, thank you very much. So once again, Make sure you go ahead and check out everything Lauren and Red Handed Denial. But plug-wise, you're listening somehow, so I very much appreciate it. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, any of your favorite podcasting apps, and listen to this show. If you can, 
It really means a lot and it helps the show if you can go to iTunes and rate, subscribe, and share. You have no idea how much it means. It really helps. And then if you're not a big fan of listening on any of those platforms, you can always go to the website, stream, and download every episode of the show. There you'll also find Ian Hates Movies, and that's where myself and my co-host Kelly and sometimes other special guests come on the show and talk movies. It's, it's as simple as that. We choose movies at random that we enjoy or that we really dislike and like making fun of, and we go from there. So yesterday, brand new episode came out uh, where we went over Starship Troopers. That was a lot of fun. I think that movie's great. It's a, it's a satire, and a lot of people don't actually know that. So if you're a movie fan, go ahead and check out Ian Hates Movies as well. And coming soon, Ian Hates Love, the relationship show. <laughs> Hopefully people will enjoy that as well. Uh, it'll be funny stories and, and just real life stuff, uh, which I enjoy talking about. So you can go find that all there. If you want to interact with me, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Ian Hates Podcast. Follow on Instagram, Ian Hates Podcast. And then on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Ian Hates. You can also Gmail me, Ian Hates at gmail.com. So if you have band recommendations, if you want me to ask questions to certain bands, if you have music recommendations, anything like that, feel free to pass along show info to other bands that you would love to have on the show. I think that's great as well. But yeah, I think that's good to end out the show on a high note. Before you go to part two, hopefully, and listen in to our news segments and everything, I'm going to leave you with Manipulator off the Wanderer EP by Red Handed Denial. This song is great. It's going to really get you moving. It's going to hopefully make you want to check out more of their music as well as listen to part two of Ian Hates Music. So I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>